Greetings, Team Adulam. Greetings, Team Adulam. Karibuni sana tena. I hope you mkosawa, namkopoa. I hope you all are doing great. Now, uh, last week we started a series on the book of Acts. Uh, and, man, I love this book. I'm loving this book. I've been, I think, I think I've, I've read it four times this year. <laughs> That's how much I've just enjoyed this book. And uh, so last time we looked at uh, Luke, who is the writer of uh, this book. And uh, we also looked at, you know, his life as a witness and the fact that, you know, that we are being called, all of us, to be, as, his, as Jesus' disciples, to be his witness. That we are the ones who are witnesses to him being alive, that Jesus is alive, he's still at work, and he's still, his message is still relevant to all of us till this day, that we are all called to be his witness, right? That Jesus is alive. Hallelujah! He wants us to be his witnesses. I am a witness. I am a witness that Jesus is alive. Now, today we're going to be looking at another character in this book, in the book of Acts. I'm so excited to be teaching yet again about this character. He is the most important character in this book. So important that Jesus commands his disciples and says to them, Do not leave Jerusalem before he has arrived. Why? Because it is through him that they will be able to be his witness. Remember we talked about being a witness. It is through him that they will have the ability to be his witness. Ha! Hallelujah! He is the gift from heaven. The gift from the Father's heart. The promise that came many, many years ago, even before Jesus walked the earth. This was the promise in Jeremiah 31, 30, 31 to 33, there's a promise that is given of a new covenant that would come and replace the old covenant, that superseded the old covenant. The old covenant being the covenant that was made on Mount Sinai with, where, with, where, where, where the law was given to the children of Israel. And a covenant was made, the Ten Commandments, that there's this new covenant that is going to be made. Right? That is going to supersede that covenant. This covenant that would be superior to any other covenant. Any other covenant. And in this covenant, rather than having where the covenant is read and people would then have to observe it, where it's like, okay, now go and observe these things. In this new covenant, the Lord says in Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33, I will put my law within them and write it on their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wrongdoing and their sin I will no longer remember. This is the new covenant that God spoke of in the book of Jeremiah, through the, the prophet Jeremiah. And in this new covenant, the Lord will put his kingdom in us, he would put in us the ability to do things his way. Remember, the kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. That he would put in us his way of doing things. And so in Acts 1, 4-5, Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so, in Acts 2, when we see the Holy Spirit coming onto the scene, this is the culmination of that promise. 
of that promise that came of that new covenant, of that promise that Jesus is talking about. This is the culmination. Jesus paid the price for this new covenant to come into play. And now the promise of that covenant, the outcome of that covenant was on its way. In a few days, they would receive the gift that the Father had promised. The Holy Spirit is that promised gift. The Holy Spirit. Ha! He is the manifestation of the new covenant. He is the seal of this new covenant. Where God would live inside his people. He's the one that comes to establish and reveal this new covenant that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood. In this new covenant, this new covenant ushers in what we now call the church. It was the beginning of the church. It was through the Holy Spirit. It was through his arrival that the church was born. It was through the arrival of the Holy Spirit that a new species was born called the children of God. Ha! This is why Jesus says to his disciples in John 16 and verse 7, But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am living. For if I do not leave, the helper, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so in Acts 2, the promise had come where we would see men and women who are not only made in God's image and likeness, but are also filled with his holy presence. It would be like it was in the beginning where God would not just walk with Adam. Now, he would reside in Adam. The upgrade was complete and a new man had been birthed onto the scene. A new and improved being. New and improved formula. That through faith in Christ Jesus, that now, this was not just a, mad, a man made in the image of God, but also a man filled with the presence of God. You know, before this time, before Acts 2, when the, the day of Pentecost, you know, the Spirit of God only rested on people. He would come for a time and rest upon someone to give them power. He never dwelt within people. But now, because of this new covenant, this new covenant that has been ushered in through Jesus Christ, through this deal that Jesus Christ struck on our behalf with his own blood, not only would God be upon a person, he would also reside inside a person. My friends, I cannot say enough about the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is, we're talking about the, the secret sauce. Eh? The secret sauce. Eh? The game changer. The most incredible and magnificent gift. Jesus says to his disciples in Acts 1.8, and we had read this last, last week. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the previous sermon, you remember God's intention for us to be his, as his disciples to be Christ's witness. The thing about this message today is that it tells us how this happens, how we are able to be his witness, and it is through the Holy Spirit. You know, there are so many people who say that, you know, this book of Acts should actually have been called uh, not the Acts of the Apostles, but the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it is through him that all these men and women are able to establish the church and do such incredible exploits. And how 
they are able then to be Christ's witness. It is through the Holy Spirit working through and through all these people all the time throughout the whole entire book. And so in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes and fills the disciples. Fills the disciples who are gathered in Jerusalem. Right? Jesus' disciples. You know, the thing that's so amazing about the Holy Spirit is that, you know, the Holy Spirit is, 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 is inexhaustible. The presence of God is inexhaustible. You know, this is, this is part of the reason why, you know, I personally, every, every single day, every single day I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Because it's just like, yesterday you thought it was enough. But there's more. There's always more. He's inexhaustible. And one of the things that you read in the book of Acts is that all the things that these people did, all the things that they were able to do, all the great exploits that they were able to do were all made possible through him. He is the active agent in this book. He is the main character working in the lives of men to reveal Jesus Christ and the message of his kingdom. He is the active agent. When the work of Jesus comes to an end, the agenda of his kingdom on earth is continued by his Holy Spirit. When he goes up to heaven, the work on here on earth is continued by the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus says to his disciples in John 16, 12 to 15, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at the present time. But when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. Now today, I want us to look at a specific word that Jesus used. That Jesus used to describe to us the work of the Holy Spirit while he is here with us. This is a word that helps us to fully understand what is happening in the book of Acts from the beginning to the end. This helps us to also understand how the Holy Spirit was at work then and how he is at work even today in the church and in our lives. Jesus used this word multiple times in the Gospel of John to help us understand the Holy Spirit's role in our lives and why he is such a tremendous gift. Okay? This is the thing that I want us to look at. Now, the Greek word that I want us to look at that is used in reference to the Holy Spirit that Jesus uses multiple times in the Gospel of John, multiple times, is the word parakletos. Parakletos. This word translated to English is the word helper or comforter or advocate or intercessor. This word has been translated into many different ways in English, but it's actually just one word in Greek, parakletos. So every time you read these words, it's not different phrases being used to describe the Holy Spirit. It is actually the same word that has so many diverse meanings, right? And so for us, I want us today to spend some time to unpack what this word means, because it will illuminate for us what the, why, why the Holy Spirit is so important to us 
in this day and age, why he was so important then, and why it was so important that they, the disciples, did nothing without him. That Jesus commands his disciples and he says to them, do not leave Jerusalem until he has come. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come. Now the word parakletos is a, is a legal term which basically means one called to one's aid or one called to, one called to one's side. So one who is called to one's aid as in help and one who is called to one's side. Right? And what this means is this, is that when we look at the new covenant in Jesus Christ where he says in, in Jeremiah where it says, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their heart and I will be their God and I shall be my people. They will not teach again each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. How this is accomplished is because through the Holy Spirit living within us, what we have is an endless supply of help. Endless. Meaning that through him, we will be able to gain access to God's will, to God's mind, to God's way of doing things, and to God's eternal help. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is there to constantly serve as our guide, our reference, our compass, our enabler our teacher, our navigator, our assurance. God, through this new covenant, did not come to overthrow the autonomy of man. Meaning that just because the Holy Spirit lives within you, doesn't mean he will control you. He's not there to control you. He's there to help you, to guide you, to lead you. This is why when we the, the word parakletos is, 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 is defined in English as the word helper. Meaning that when we need help, we can go to him for help. He is there to lead you, not to drag you along the journey of faith. He's there to lead you. He's not here to control you. He's here to help you. He has come to be by our side. When Jesus told his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I have come to help you. I have left you with help. But the thing is this, you cannot help someone that does not think or know that they need help. Right? You can't help someone that does not think or know that they need help. You know, let me, let me try and give an example. You know, I've been in uh, business for, for, for some time. I've been a business owner for, for, for quite some time. And the thing that happens when you're a business owner is that you become very accustomed to just learning how to do things on your own. So you're just, you're just kind of like this guy, you're the accountant, you're the marketing, you're the, you, you, you just become accustomed to just doing everything on your own, right? And so that's how I've always been. I've always been that person who's just like, yeah, I'll do this, I'll just, you know, We'll do everything. So at some point, as we began to, uh, to you know, have you know, to grow and everything, I remember a friend of mine who is a good friend of mine is also one of uh, you know my mentors came to me and was like, my guy, if you want to be able to grow, right, you have to be able to find to to, to let go of of quite a number of these things, and you need to be able to get some help. Now the thing is for I obviously was this is a very difficult thing to do for any person who's used to just doing everything on their own right it's very difficult but anyway eventually like they managed to convince me i managed to get some help but the thing is this even though the help came 
I also, in as much as the help was there, I needed to let go of things. I needed to let go of things and basically put ask this person to help me so for the for for quite some time i remember just being that person who you know they're they just sitting there idly because they're waiting for the for me to be like yo okay you know what help do you need and i'd be there like no no it's okay i got this so my friend had to come do another intervention to be like my guy you have help right you have help why are you here still bebeing all these things like you have help and so finally i began to now starting to let go of things whatever and all that stuff and started to begin to now utilize this help that i had my goodness everything changed everything changed for me just based on that right because of this person who came to literally help me right and i eventually got the hang of being able to accept this assistance that i that 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 that, that i that i so desperately needed that i didn't even know now, the thing that's so interesting is this, is that I believe that for most of us, how we live our Christian life is that what we do is that we live our lives as though we don't need any help, right? We live our lives as though, you know, we, like I always say, like we got this, you know what I mean, right? Usually after what happens is after we come to faith in Christ, we, believe, we hear this message and we're like, wow, I'm so convicted, right? And we come to faith in Christ, we set out on our journey and we go and we're like, you know, it's time now um, to live a transformed life. You know, I'm no longer going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm no longer going to do this. I'm no longer going to do this. My life is changed, right? So then we, we begin to read our Bible, pray every day. You know, we're just there like, yeah, yeah, no, my life has changed. And the thing is that we, this, this is now the thing that we begin to do, right? We know what God desires for us. We know that he desires for us to love one another. We know that we are supposed to go and make disciples. We know we're supposed to be humble. And so we begin to start to, to be like, yes, I'm going to do these things. You know, Thimba the other day was telling me about being, a, you know, we need to go and disciple others. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to go and start doing this thing. Let me go and start looking and do some research on how I can start doing this thing. So that's usually what we do, right? Is that we begin to get into the, the works, right? And then somewhere along the journey, what happens is that we, we, we fail terribly, <laughs> right? We lose focus, we, we revert back to our old ways, right? The, the zeal that we had in the beginning where we're like, yeah, we're going to change this. Then all of a sudden, it's like you, you, now you, you're back at square one. Or we meet some obstacle, right? And then we wonder, why is God in all this? Why, why is faith so difficult, this whole walk, right? And... Why is it that I still harbor so many ill desires that I can't seem to shake off? I mean, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying every day. What, what's going on? And here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so interesting. In the book of Acts, Jesus has been resurrected. The penalty for sin has been paid. Now he is the resurrected Christ. And he comes and he appears before his disciples. And for a period of 40 days, he begins to teach them about the kingdom. The Holy Spirit has not come yet. Right? And so the forgiveness of sins has been accomplished. And he tells them, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to go and make disciples. He says, you know, go, go, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He gives them the great commission and he commands them to go and make disciples. But here is the thing. There's a key instruction that is given to them that we read in the book of Acts. It says, and Jesus says to them, wait for the Holy Spirit. Basically, basically what Jesus is telling them, do not do anything without him. Do not do anything without him. Why? Why is Jesus here who has commanded them, who has told them he's died, he's resurrected, he's paid the penalty of, the, of their sin, but he says to them, do not do anything without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you will not be able to. Why? Because you need power to be my witness. 
And the one who has that power is the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because he is your helper. He is the one that will help you to do what I need you to do. He is the one that will help you to be what I need you to be. Without him, you are incapable. Without him, you are incapable. But with him, you are fully able. So what happens with most of us is that we are like those who are living under the old covenant. God will reveal to us a weakness in our lives, in our character. And immediately we get to work to figure out how we'll overcome it and get better. Or if we are faced with some obstacle in some area of our lives, our first instinct is to try and figure out our way out of it. Or maybe you're having some relationship challenge, business challenge. Our first instinct is to react to it and to try and figure out how to sort out the challenge. You have this do-it-yourself mindset. And most times what we do is that when, with the, when, when things get really, 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 really bad, that's when we go to God to seek his help. But before we get there, we do the thing where we have tried everything, like we say, humanly possible to sort it out. I tried everything humanly possible. Then I went to pray. Then I went to God. There's this phrase that people like to use uh, a lot. I've heard it many, many times. That God helps those who help themselves. First and foremost, this phrase does not exist anywhere in the Bible. But we speak of it like it's gospel truth. Actually, the truth is God helps those who cannot help themselves. But we ourselves think we can help ourselves. So that's why we start off there first. First help yourself before you go to God. God is the last resort until when things get extremely difficult, that's when we go to him. But here is the thing. Part of the reason why it is difficult to identify with the Holy Spirit as our helper is because we are not accustomed to seeking his help. When we are faced with temptation, we don't, we don't go to him to seek his help. We only go after, after we've fallen. But in the midst of temptation, we don't seek his help. When we go through spiritual droughts, when we feel stagnant or when we are struggling to read the word or to pray. Or maybe like the time when you heard me saying in the Mary, Mary series where it's like, man, you know, it's, you know we, that we should read God's word more. You know, and you are like, man, I'm really struggling to do this. Our initial instinct isn't to go to him to help us. When we struggle with sin or obeying an instruction, we don't go to him for help. When we struggle to pray, we don't go to him for help. Yet when Jesus, what Jesus tells his disciples multiple times is that the reason why he is leaving us, the reason why he's leaving us a paracletos, a helper, is because we are in constant need of help. What the old covenant taught us and has shown us is that we are perfectly and totally incapable of doing things God's way on our own. We need help to be a witness for him. We need help to live a godly life. We need help to live an obedient life. We need help to love. We need help to find and choose peace. We need help to find joy. We need help to be hopeful. We need help to be patient. We need help to be kind. We need help to be gentle. We need help to be good to others. We need help to be self-controlled and disciplined. We need help to know God's will. We need help to do God's will. We need help to desire God's will. We need help to know which way we ought to go. 
We need help to not be anxious. We need help to not be depressed. We need help to take care of our bodies. We need help to handle things at work. We need help to pray. We need help to serve. We need help to be positive. We need help to not conform to the pattern of this world. We need help to renew our minds. We need help to discern the truth from lies. My friends, we need help. We need a paracletos. And so the good news of the new covenant in Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus Christ paid with his own blood the ultimate price to grant us this new covenant that after the forgiveness of our sins, after the forgiveness of all our failings, he has provided us with consistent, ever-present divine help. He has given us power through his Holy Spirit so that whatever help we need, we can get from him. The Holy Spirit is our helper. But we live our lives as though we have no help. As though we got this. The do-it-yourself mindset. We carry burdens that we don't need to carry, yet we have an ever-present help to help us at all times. And all we need to do is ask. You know, the other day I was thinking about this idea that God gave me that some, some, some months, some uh, earlier this, uh, no, some last year. And I remember just thinking like, my goodness, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to do this. Like how, <laughs> how am I going to be able to do this? It's such a complex thing and I, and I don't have this. Then I remembered, I was like, hold on. I have a helper. I have someone to help me. I have someone to help me figure this thing out. And immediately my anxiety went. My friends, let me tell you something, the most greatest and profound insight. I always say these major keys that you'll ever have for this life is realizing that as part of the inheritance in Christ Jesus is that you have a divine helper to help you. If you're wondering how can I be a witness for Jesus, wonder no more, you have a helper. If you're listening to the Mary Sermon wondering, man, how do I study God's word? I don't even know where to begin in regards to discipling others. I want you to know you have a helper. Ask for help. The Holy Spirit is there to help you pray. The other day I was, I was taking a nap and, and, I, and, and, and just before I woke up from the nap, um, I don't know if I was dreaming or whatever, I had a voice saying to me, Hebrews 10.9, and so I woke up and, I, and the first thing that was on my mind is Hebrews 10.9. So I go and I read Hebrews 10.9 and I kept reading it and wondering, what does this verse mean? Like, what, what was God trying to say to me? Then I was like, oh, why am I wondering and I have a helper? <laughs> so I just like, yo, Lord, what, 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 what was, what's this about? And then the Holy Spirit said to me, pray this, pray this, pray this verse. Imagine that. Like he's even, he's literally there to help you pray. <laughs> you have a helper. There's an instruction that came to me, um, you know, many years ago that I struggled for so long to obey an instruction from God. God gave me an instruction. And of course, just like every other person, I was like, yes, Lord, I will obey. 
Then I went off <laughs> to obey this instruction. And I would constantly fail time and time again. And finally, I went and I was just like, Lord, I need your help. I literally need your help to obey your instruction. I need your help. I can't even, I can't obey this thing. And sure enough, the people here know he helped me. <laughs> he helped me to even do the thing. Like even the ability for you to obey, that help that we need comes from him. Where God will reveal some deficiency in you. And instead of you trying to go and figure out how you're going to sort this thing out, yeah, this is going to be my strategy, my plan. The point is this, is that when you find a deficiency in you, you need to know that you have help. You're going to have to help me with this, Lord. I cannot do this thing on my own. You're going to have to help me with this impatience. You're going to have to help me with this lust. You're going to have to help me with this anger. You're going to have to help me to trust in you more. You know, there's the other day, there's someone who um, sent me a message saying that, you know, that they, that they envy. I get this a lot where they're like, man, you know, I envy this relationship that you have with God. You know, it's just like, it feels like you have this special, <laughs> this special relationship with God. You know, it's just like, you know, it's like you guys have this connection. My friends, let me tell you something. God is not a respecter of persons. I can assure you of something. I do not have any special relationship with God. The thing about me is that I literally am that guy who constantly, constantly, constantly goes to him for help. I am always there asking for help. How do you prepare these messages? I go to him and I ask him, Lord, help me. Help me. Give me a message for your people. How is it that as a guy who owns and runs a tech company with no tech experience, how have you been able to do it, Thimba? I literally go to him for help. Lord, help me. Lord, I need, I need someone who can, who can, who can I, need a, I need a mobile developer. Help me find someone. Lord, I need someone to help me in regards to, to how to run operations. Help me find someone. That has been my strategy. That is the thing. That's the key. That we have been given Paracletos. The Holy Spirit is our consistent, eternal, divine helper. We have a helper. A constant helper. If you need a renewal of your mind, he will help you. If you need to be able to be like, man, I just want to win souls for your kingdom, Lord. I want to be able to be a witness for you. I want to be able to just live an exceedingly fruitful life. We have a helper who will help you be able to achieve those things. Who will help you live a godly life. Who will help you overcome things that hold you down. Who will help you live a fruitful life. Throughout the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit help these men and women to boldly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ under incredible duress. Through the Holy Spirit, we see men and women women fulfilling Christ's commands to be his witness 
all across the world, even in the midst of intense persecution. Through the Holy Spirit, we see them performing signs and wonders without becoming proud and still maintaining their focus on the mission. Through the Holy Spirit, we see Stephen, whom we'll talk about, a common man being filled with incredible wisdom. A common man. And when you go read about the things that Stephen began to say, it says that the Spirit of the Lord filled him and he began to speak with wisdom that people could not stand against. It is through the Holy Spirit that Peter and John would stand before the Sanhedrin to make a defense and it, they did not need to know what it is that they needed to say because Jesus Christ told them that when that time comes, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. It is through the Holy Spirit that we see Stephen forgive in the midst of some of the most gruesome crime that was being committed against him. It is through the Holy Spirit we see the life of a murderer named Saul completely transformed. It is through the Holy Spirit we see the church, in spite of the many different personalities, loving one another and genuinely caring for each other. Things that were completely out of the human experience, these people were experiencing because of him, because of Paracletos, because of the Helper. This is all be done, not because of the human will, but because of the Holy Spirit. These are not exploits of a do-it-yourself mindset. These are the exploits of men and women who knew that they had a helper. This was all being made possible by Paracletos, by the helper. Child of God, as I close, what I need you to understand what I need you to understand right now is that you have a helper. You don't need to figure things out on your own. You don't need to do it yourself. You don't need to do everything humanly possible then. You have a helper to help you this is part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. This is what he died for. This is why you are a part of a new covenant. This is the gift, the promise of your heavenly dad. That he says, I have given you help that you can utilize all the time. Inexhaustible help in any situation, big or small. You have help. And his name is the Holy Spirit. The gift from your dad who is in heaven. He is here, he's here to help you with anything and everything that you need. So why not then live your life as one who knows that you have help. You have help. I want to end with the words of Paul in Romans 8, 12 to 15, where it says, So then, brothers and sisters, we are, under, we, are under, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, and in brackets I put the do-it-yourself life, to live according to the flesh, 
For if you are living in accord with the flesh, in accord with the do-it-yourself life, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoptions, this, a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Dad, help me. By which we cry out, Abba, Father. You're not a slave. You're a child and you have help. You have a helper. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you because you paid the ultimate price for us to be able to exist in this new covenant. You signed this covenant and you established it with your blood. That we would experience the forgiveness of sins and not only that, that we would be able to have the Holy Spirit, our helper. That we would never be alone. That no, that there's nothing, there's nothing that we'd ever need to do on our own. Because you, O King of Heaven, have given us help. I pray in Jesus' holy name that for all those who are listening, that first and foremost, that they would give their lives to you, Lord Jesus. And that through that, and for those who have, that you would fill them with your spirit and that you would let them know deep in their hearts that they have help all the time, all the time, all the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are there for us. Please help us to do things your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.